What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And to be honest with you guys, I don't know what's more shocking. The fact that this is the third NXT recap that I produced in a row on the Boochcast, or the fact that I actually got this bitch out on time. And the reason I got it out on time was because I'll tell this little story here. As you guys know, in addition to all the other things that I do in my life, I am a social media manager, I am a comedian, I am a podcaster, I do wrestling announcing, and this past 
last year. I've done some sketch comedy and hope to do it again, provided the show gets picked up for a second season. But another thing that I'm known for being is Buff Bagwell's agent. I used to be his manager, but I got the promotion to agent, so I'm liking the new job title. And because I'm Buff's agent, we tend to work together a lot. You know, usually on the weekdays, we're taking care of business stuff, and then on the weekends, we're occasionally going to wrestling shows. Well, originally, Buff was supposed to have a podcast done tonight. He was supposed to record his uh, latest episode of Rebuilding Buff, but he was trying. He had to reschedule it because he knew he was going to be late at the gym because uh, him and uh, his friend Chip were going to go to uh, the gym. They were going to go tan, and you know, as Buff always does, he has to look. He has to look like Buff Bagwell, and part of that is going to the gym and tanning. It's a regiment. So they were going to go, and then at seven o'clock, he was going to do his podcast. And I was going to help him set that up. Well, I got to his house a little bit early because the plan was he was going to go to the gym with Chip and I was going to stay at the house and you know just take care of some things around the house and you know just chill till Buff gets there then set up the equipment and let him do his podcast. Well when he was put, decided to reschedule the time of the podcast because he knew he'd be late at the gym Michael decided to reschedule it for either tomorrow or the next day. Well by the time Buff finds this out literally after he hangs up the phone with Michael I pull up to the house because I was told to be there at 4.45. He got this call at 4.42. So then he hangs up the phone. I knock on the door. I ring the bell because the door's locked. Buff answers, realizes it's me, and we're having this funny, awkward conversation. But the good news is while I was there, Buff and I got to talk for a little bit. I got to unpack the car from when we went to Decatur, Tennessee. We had a brief conversation and then I left the house. So I knew because with the time and everything, I was going to be showing up on time back to the house house and therefore would be able to do the NXT recap. So without any further ado, we're going to jump into the recap of NXT. And this show kicks off with a bang as we have a steel cage match, Kyle O'Reilly versus Von Wagner. Now, here's the first question I have to ask right off the bat. Why the fuck are we opening the show with a cage match? Now, if there were two cage matches on this show, I'd be like, okay, one can open, one can close. Why do we open the show with a cage match? Shouldn't this be the main event? What else could possibly be happening on this show that's a bigger deal than a fucking cage match? So, that's my first negative of NXT. There's a lot of positive things I'm going to say. There's a lot of negative things I'm going to say. So I'll start off with the first negative. A cage match is opening the show. But the positive is this match was off the fucking chain. These guys delivered on a massive level. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner had great chemistry, not only as a tag team, but as opponents. The back and forth action was crazy. The violence was crazy. These guys went to war in this cage. And I kind of love the fact this cage match was not part of war games because it didn't take away from the significance of those cage matches. But still, these guys damn near killed each other and it was amazing. Now, of course, in the end, uh, Wagner pins O'Reilly after hitting the spinning butterfly suplex. He gets the one, two, three. After the match, Wagner attacks O'Reilly. Wagner slams the cage door on O'Reilly's head over and over again. Now, I don't know if this 
rivalry is supposed to continue after this, but I've been hearing a lot of rumors that Kyle O'Reilly's contract is set to expire. If Kyle O'Reilly has already made it clear that he's not re-signing and he's not going to stay in NXT and he's either going to go to AEW or somewhere else, then I can understand Von Wagner getting the win here. If Kyle O'Reilly's not going to stay, there's no reason to put him over. But if Kyle O'Reilly is going to re-sign, if Kyle O'Reilly is going to stay in NXT and not go to the main roster, then it was fucking stupid to make him lose this match. I mean, again, this is the guy who took out Adam Cole, baby. Why is he jobbing to Von Wagner? That doesn't make any sense to me. The only logical explanation I can possibly come up with is the fact that Kyle O'Reilly is on his way out the door. So he's doing the honors for Von Wagner. Now, like I said, the cage match itself was brutal and awesome. Like Wagner going for the powerbomb, O'Reilly countering it with a DDT. I thought that was amazing. These guys damn near fucking killed each other. But for Von Wagner to get the win, I have to believe that Kyle O'Reilly's leaving. Otherwise, this is shitty booking. And on that note, we move on to the next segment. We cut to Braun Breaker on his way to the ring. Breaker says, Team Black and Gold proved they were tough as nails at war games. Breaker has nothing but respect for them. They built this place. Breaker then issues a challenge. He believes that because Ciampa beat him at Halloween Havoc and because Breaker pinned him at war games, they are at one and one. So he wants Breaker versus Ciampa 3 for the NXT Championship. Then Malcolm Bivens and Diamond Mine interrupt. Bivens says Roderick Strong is the champion and he has his sights set on Breaker because apparently the weight limit has officially been lifted with the Cruiserweight Championship and now anyone can challenge for it. Breaker says he doesn't care who he has to run through to get back to Ciampa, so Breaker accepts. Now, apparently, Breaker has no interest in the Cruiserweight Championship, so I don't think the title is going to be on the line. But Braun Breaker versus Roderick Strong is still going to be a great match, and I love that Braun Breaker is getting comfortable on the mic, and he's doing very well for himself, and I could definitely see him being the NXT champion. I mean, granted, he's getting a really fast push, and it's happening a little too soon. A little too soon than I would like it to, because again, I don't want him to get extra treatment because he's part of the Steiner family. But at the same time, there's not a lot of competition in NXT. There's not a lot of top guys. It's very much a developmental territory again. Because all the big stars that were in NXT got called up way too soon and later released from WWE. So really, there's not a lot of champions. I mean, like I said, there's a small list of guys who are worthy of being the NXT champion. But there's a lot of guys who need a lot of work before they can get to that level. You're not going to see a lot of call-ups anytime soon. And if you do, it'll be guys like Gargano and Champa getting the call-up because they've done everything in NXT. 
But right now, they can't really go anywhere because they need to put over some other guys and make them the top guys. So this is going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. But there's one quick thing I want to say about the Cruiserweight title before I move on to the next match, and that's this. If the weight limit has been lifted, I think the Cruiserweight title needs a different name. I think instead of the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, it needs to be the NXT No Limit Championship. And I say that as someone who has been to a couple indie shows and noticed there being a No Limit Championship. In fact, I also think Ring of Honor had that title at one point, a No Limit Championship. And that way, it's no weight limit, anyone can fight for it, and it makes more sense. Because I don't want to see a heavyset guy holding a Cruiserweight Championship. It's just as awkward when I see a cruiserweight holding the World Heavyweight Championship. It's like, the motherfucker's not a heavyweight, yet he's holding the top prize. That makes no fucking sense to me. But, either way, that's just something I like to see changed. And I'm intrigued to see if we get Breaker versus Ciampa 3, and when it will happen. But I feel like, if that does happen, it's gonna be a long time before it does. I think it's probably gonna happen at the next TakeOver, whether it happens during the weekend of the Royal Rumble, or if it happens sometime in February. That's usually when the takeovers happen. But I'd like to believe since the Royal Rumble's on a Saturday, maybe the takeover will be on a Sunday. Because I think that happened with SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. They had SummerSlam on a Saturday and the takeover on Sunday. Maybe we'll do the same thing in January. And then at that takeover, that's when Braun Breaker can get the NXT Championship. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that, and that is Diamond Mine versus Briggs and Jensen. And of course, by Diamond Mine, we're of course talking about the Kree brothers. And of course, the grizzled young veterans and Imperium are watching this match. And the grizzled young veterans do some kind of accidental distraction. Jensen rolls up Julius for the win. And Briggs and Jensen win this match. And this was a hell of a match. I'll say that. These guys kicked ass. Briggs and Jensen, to me, are an awesome tag team. And I like seeing an emphasis on tag teams in NXT. Because I honestly felt like that was something that's been lacking for a very long time. So to see some tag teams coming back up is actually pretty good. I also noticed that the crowd was singing along to Imperium's entrance music. And they were even singing it long after it had stopped playing and the match was still going on. Because Imperium was watching from the crow's nest. The Grizzle Young veterans were at commentary, I believe. So, this got to be a crazy tag match. Decent back and forth action, so I will call it a match. But I like the fact that Briggs and Jensen got the win, but they didn't beat the Creed brothers to do it. I thought that was good, because the Creed brothers are dominant motherfuckers, and I don't want to see them lose anytime soon. And then, we cut to a backstage uh, interview with Von Wagner, who says his war games has just begun, and I have no idea what the fuck that means. I don't know if they're trying to build him into a main event star, but like I said, if Kyle O'Reilly's not leaving, he should have never lost this match. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Von Wagner, but it looks like he's about to be on a path of destruction. So here's hoping he gets booked properly. And then next, we cut to the another in-ring segment with Duke Hudson. Hudson says the internet was wrong. He didn't get his head shaved. Hudson wearing what looks to be a Ric Flair wig on his head. Grimes music hits, and Hudson puts on headgear to protect his wig. Grimes and Hudson argue. Grimes challenges Hudson to a no-holds-barred match. Hudson tries to sneak a tap, but Grimes fights him off. Grimes almost rips off Hudson's wig. Okay, I'm just gonna say this right now. 
Why the fuck are they copying Kurt Angle? Why? We saw the motherfucker get his head shaved. Why is he wearing a Ric Flair wig with fucking headgear? Kurt Angle did this same shit for weeks when he got his head shaved bald. The only difference is we actually got to see him have a bald head before he put the wig on. They didn't just half-ass it before Duke Hudson ran out of the ring like he did at War Games. So now we're going to have a no-holds-barred match with these guys next week, which I'm looking forward to seeing. And I'm hoping by the end of this match that fucking wig comes off. And we get to see Duke Hudson with a bald head. Because this wig-wearing shit is goddamn ridiculous. I, I don't understand why WWE thinks it's entertaining to drag on and on the fact that we all know that a motherfucker got his head shaved. It's stupid, it's pointless, and not entertaining. Just show us the bald freaking head already. And why, of all the wigs he could put on, why would you put on a wig that resembles Ric Flair? Have you not been watching the fucking news? Clearly, Ric Flair has a lot of bad publicity attached to him. From the plane ride from hell, to the Chris Canyon episode, to him running his mouth on social media, the fact that he, uh donated money to a luncheon that was put together by Donald Trump who's doing a fundraiser for Herschel Walker which I personally don't have a problem with that but the rest of the world seems to have a fucking problem with that so the publicity not very good for Ric Flair right now so to do this fucking dumb but I am looking forward to the no holds barred match and I hope this fucking wig comes off anyway after that we cut to the parking lot Grayson Waller tries to push up on a young lady she tells him she can't hang with him because she has plans Waller turns around and LA night is there and Knight drives off with the girl and I love how he's saying like yeah you like views well check out this view right here yeah and then drives off with the hot chick I love that Grayson Waller getting completely embarrassed which is great because even though 2.0 got the win at war games black and gold is clearly having the last laugh so to see LA Knight do that was fucking great you know because LA Knight he is a global icon and a national treasure and I enjoy seeing him in the ring I enjoy seeing promos LA Knight can do whatever the fuck he wants and he's entertaining like this guy needs to be on TV every week. Needs to be. And on that note, we cut to the next match of the evening. We have Dexter Loomis versus Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams. Okay, first of all, this is originally supposed to be a match between Dexter Loomis and Trick Williams, but Trick Williams apparently got lost, had some kind of vision issue or whatever, and then all of a sudden, the dumbass shows right at ringside when the bell rings. Why is Carmelo Hayes wrestling? Seriously, this motherfucker just went through war games. Trick Williams didn't do a goddamn fucking thing last night except throw weapons in the goddamn ring. He should have been in this match with Dexter Loomis. Seriously, whoever came up with this idea in the booking committee should have been smacked in the face repeatedly with a fucking tire iron. You're going to make the North American champion who just went through hell at war games wrestle another match. That was stupid. It was fucking stupid. But outside of that stupid decision, the match itself was still great. Why? These are two guys who know how to work in a ring. Carmelo Hayes is incredibly talented. Dexter Loomis is another gift from God in wrestling because he is so freaking good at what he does. Every move he does is crisp. Every move he does is perfect. His delivery, his psychology, everything is on point with Dexter Loomis. He can do no wrong in a wrestling ring. And eventually, uh, Loomis traps Hayes in the silencer. Williams, Dex Loomis, caused the disqualification. After 
after the match, Loomis puts Williams in the silencer. So hopefully this leads to Dexter Loomis and Trick Williams because it's time for Trick Williams to get into the ring and stop acting all trick trick when he sounds like a beach beach. And then we cut to a moment that's going to take up a chunk of this recap because I'm going to have a lot of shit to say about this. For weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, we have been subjected to piss poor, unfunny segments from quite possibly the worst tag team I've ever seen in NXT, MSK. Nothing these guys do is remotely entertaining. And we've been sitting through these stupid, poorly acted segments week after week after week. And we're supposed to get to this shaman who is an expert in tag team wrestling. Now, because it's NXT, we're going through a Rolodex in our minds about some of the best tag teams ever. Someone who will actually mentor these guys. A big name who will push them to the moon. An icon who can put a stamp of approval on this team. And who do we get? Who the fuck did we get? Fucking douche riddle. Matt Riddle is the fucking shaman. And of course, they're making 420 jokes. And he's sitting there trying to act like he's this zen meditating fucking douchebag. So now, the most annoying tag team in NXT is being mentored by the most annoying motherfucker on the main roster. A man who is an absolute disgrace to the fucking wrestling business. A man who is disrespectful in the locker room. A man who flaps his fucking cock holster in order to chase clout because he can't get any of his own. This pathetic, disrespectful suckbag is going to mentor two fucking spot monkeys who wouldn't know psychology if they took a college class run by Sigmund fucking Freud. This is literally the worst decision they could have ever made. This is absolute fucking garbage. And it turns out Matt Riddle's going to be with them for quite a long time. So not only is he going to be desecrating Monday Night Raw, he's now going to be desecrating NXT. And I don't know, this, this could be the thing that makes me say fuck it to NXT. Because now I'm starting to jump on the bandwagon with everybody else that thinks this has gone to shit since it's become 2.0 and had the shitty artwork on the logo and Triple H pretty much being out of the way because he's recovering from his heart thing while fucking Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard shit on everything Triple H has built over the last several years. This is, this is all fucking stupid. All of it. All of it. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area. With Persia Parada, who tells Indy Hartwell she needs to leave Love out of the ring so they can focus on the tag titles. Hartwell says she's dedicated to their goals. Loomis walks in. Hartwell jumps on him with a big hug. Johnny Gargano walks in and says the family's all together. Gargano hugs Loomis and Hartwell. Parada looks annoyed. Like I said, this could be a potential breakup for this tag team. Although I don't want to see this tag team break up. Because I feel like Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell would be great NXT women's tag team champions. But if they are going to break up, it needs to lead to Indy Hartwell going for the NXT Women's title. Because she is definitely talented in the ring, despite all this love interest stuff that's going on. And I don't want to see either of these girls get lost in the sauce. Because they're both very talented. And obviously, you know, Gargano, the family, they're all happy. And I'm glad that they're, you know, at least letting this really fly. 
this whole storyline. And on that note, we cut to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. And that's Toxic Attraction, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan versus Yulisa Leon and Valentina Faraz. Uh, Leon and Faraz control much of the match. Faraz lands a running senton. Jane lands a cyclone boot for the win. Uh, so yeah, I'll call this a match because Leon and Faraz actually put up a good fight. Uh, I will admit their gimmick is weird. One of them just likes to belly dance and the other one is just kind of in weird, uh, I think it's like Asian drag or whatever the fuck she's in, like some weird outfit. And then of course, Toxic Attraction got the win because they're fucking Toxic Attraction. So this is a match to kind of build them up and make them look good. And Leon and Faraz definitely made them look good, but they didn't get squashed either. So that's why I consider it a match. And after the match, Mandy Rose grabs a mic and says that even after war games, they stand here as the baddest bitches in town. Rose says if anyone wants an opportunity, they can bring it on. Cora Jade interrupts and her arm is in a sling. Jade reminds Rose that she beat her two weeks ago and she won war games. Rose tells Jade to get in the ring so she can embarrass her. Raquel Raquel Gonzalez hits the ring with a chair and the ring clears. Okay, here's what I gotta say. If Cora Jade and her arm is in a sling, why is she even getting in the ring? I get it. She's a baby face. She doesn't want to back down. But you are literally in a three-on-one advantage, and you got one arm, and there's no weapon in your hand. You're gonna get your ass kicked. See, I was expecting Cora Jade to be like, you know, kayfabing it. You know, she comes out there with the sling, but then, you know, takes the sling off and finds out her arm's working perfectly, and she beats the hell out of all three of them. That would have been great. Or, if she pulled out an equalizer or something, and like, knocked everybody out, would have been great. But for her to just walk into that ring, without knowing if she's gonna have backup against three women when you have the use of only one arm that's fucking stupid but either way Raquel came down cleared the ring everything looked good and we're definitely going to be seeing a build up to Cora Jade versus Mandy Rose and like I said I want to see this build up happen but when the time comes for Cora Jade to step in the ring with Mandy Rose I think Cora Jade could become the next NXT women's champion because Raquel Gonzalez has already been there and Cora Jade is over as fuck so as long as she can cut good promos and not fuck up because her promo i'll admit was decent i wouldn't say it's amazing but it didn't suck either she needs a little work on her mic skills but once she gets there she'll be a women's champion and a force to be reckoned with and then we cut to the backstage area with uh tony d'angelo who's uh you know doing his thing cutting a hell of a promo uh basically talking about you know you know italian stuff and then all of a sudden, Andre Chase comes out as an attitude problem. So, so Tony says, next week, why don't you meet me in the middle of the ring? So now we're going to see Tony D'Angelo versus Andre Chase, which is cool because, you know, Tony D'Angelo is a badass. And he said, you know, bet the big money on 2.0 and we won. So I love his attitude. I love that Italian, you know, swag that he brings to the table. And, you know, again, there are a lot of great talents on NXT. I just hope they get used properly. And on that note, we cut to the next match of the evening. Zion Quinn versus Santos Escobar with Legado del Fantasma. This match was very well done. Zion Quinn is amazing. Escobar is amazing. Both these guys put on one hell of a match. They are violent motherfuckers. that are not afraid to lay it in to make the match look good. And in this match, I had only two complaints. The first is the thing I didn't like. 
the Huracurana off the ropes. The reason I hated it was because in order to execute the move, uh, they had to both get on the actual ropes. They weren't even on the turnbuckle, they were on the actual ropes, and they had to steady themselves, and you could clearly tell they're helping each other balance up there before Escobar executes the uh, Huracurana. So it looked staged, it looked choreographed, it looked fake. I'm sorry, but it did. Now, I know there's a lot of fans out there that just saw the Huracurana and went, ooh, ah. Sorry, not me. All I saw was two guys who were supposed to hate each other clearly helping each other, thus taking the element of kayfabe out of the match. So, no, didn't fucking like it. Other thing I didn't like, um... I don't like the fact that Escobar won the match. I thought it was a stupid finish. The reason I thought it was a stupid finish was because, literally, Electra puts brass knuckles on Quinn's hand. Quinn realizes what he did before he can do anything. He blasts, Escobar blasts Quinn with a knee strike and then pins him. And at one point, he tossed the brass knucks to, I think it was Wild, and knocked him off the apron, which I thought was stupid. I mean, look, at this point, if he's going to have brass knuckles in his hand, one of two things need to happen. Either A, the ref sees the brass knuckles and calls for a disqualification or Zion Quinn blasts Escobar with the brass knuckles gets the one two three and then Electra Lopez runs off with Zion Quinn I would have preferred either one of those finishes because again none of this shit makes any sense because what they're trying to do is they're basically pulling a Paul Heyman here that scene in Crown Jewel when Paul Heyman threw the universal title in the middle of the ring and said you know what to do with it and they're making us think oh who do you throw the title to was he throwing it to Brock was he throwing it to Roman whatever that didn't make any sense and here's this like, now we're trying to figure out, oh, she wanted Zion Quinn to win. Then Wade Barrett's like, he was trying to get him disqualified. And I'm siding with Wade Barrett. I think that's what she was trying to do. Because otherwise, she wouldn't have been sitting there smiling or sitting there confident after Escobar beat Zion Quinn. If the person you want to win loses, you don't look good about it. That's just common fucking sense. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure this rivalry isn't over. Because if it is, this is a stupid way to fucking end it. But hopefully we get a more definitive ending if this continues. And with that said, we have our closing moment of NXT. And that is Johnny Gargano, who has promised to tell the world everything uh, after the showing he gave at War Games. Because a lot of people have been asking about his future. So Gargano gets in the ring. He says, uh, heartbreak. That's, of course, Shawn Michaels. Told him he can go as long as he wants. The crowd chants, please don't go. Gargano says if he has one regret, it is that he didn't enjoy the past six years as much as he should have. Gargano says the crowd deserves great wrestling. And he hopes he gave us that. The first time Gargano came here, he was told he would never be in NXT. William Regal is the reason he is here tonight. Gargano gives shout-outs to the people backstage that people don't know. Change is scary, but it needs to happen. Gargano says he doesn't know what his immediate future holds. In February, he will start the most important job of his life as a father. Grayson Waller appears out of nowhere and hits Gargano with a chair. Waller wraps a chair around Gargano's neck and slams him into the ring steps. Waller powerbombs Gargano through a table. Okay, I'm going to start with a positive here. And the positive is this. Johnny Gargano gave an amazing heartfelt speech. I love this promo. Now, he said it wouldn't be his most eloquent promo, and it wasn't, but it was still wonderful to hear. 
Especially since he mentioned the fact that he was doing dark matches when he first got here week after week, even though he wasn't under contract because the crowd would chant Johnny Wrestling so loud. Like to hear Gargano thank so many people that got him to this point and even mentioning that Vic Joseph is one of his best friends was amazing. And of course, we're sitting here wondering, is Gargano going to stick around? Is Gargano going to leave? Is he retiring from wrestling? Is he going to be a stay-at-home dad? Is he going to go to AEW? Is he going to the main roster in WWE? Like, where the fuck is Johnny Gargano going to go? And we didn't really get a solid answer to that. But after Grayson Waller attacked Johnny Gargano, it pretty much screwed up the entire promo to me. Here's my negative that I'm going to give now. And that is because if this is the last time we see Johnny Gargano in a ring, that's a shitty way for him to go. Also, does this mean that Johnny Gargano is going to have this run with Grayson Waller and then he's going to retire? Like, did he sign a contract extension to put over Grayson Waller? Or is Johnny Gargano going to re-sign and stick around and Grayson Waller is going to be like his last match before he goes to the main roster or something? Because I can't see Johnny Gargano staying in NXT. I can't. I love Johnny Gargano. I think he's incredibly talented and he is definitely one of the pillars or cornerstones, whatever the fuck you want to call it, of NXT. He is Johnny Takeover. He is Johnny Wrestling. But there is nothing else left for him to do in NXT. There isn't. The main roster is where he needs to be. He needs to be going for mid-card titles, possibly world titles, and if Tommaso ever gets his ass up there, we need a DIY reunion, and they need to become tag team champions on the main roster, because they are way too good. Johnny Gargano is an incredible talent, but I don't want to see that incredible talent go to waste. So if he feels he needs to go somewhere else to make that happen, by all means, go somewhere else. But I was not happy with this because if this is a way for to get Grayson Waller over or to get him heat, he's already got heat. He's pretty much already over. Grayson Waller doesn't need to attack Johnny Gargano to get his rep up. He can do a good job of that just being a social media dick. So it made no sense to me why Grayson Waller pulled this stunt, especially since it looks like his feud with LA Knight is far from over. So it wouldn't make sense for him to go after Johnny Gargano. So I thought that ending was very stupid. But overall, the promo was fantastic. And it's definitely going to make me tune in to see what the future holds for Johnny Gargano. Is he going to stay or is he going to go? If he stays, will he go to the main roster or continue in NXT? Because as much as I love seeing him in NXT, I've already said it before, he's done it all. He would basically be taking up space and end up being the guy who just jobs to everybody. All right, that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this recap of NXT. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or become a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show on there, as well as great content that we produce. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all our YouTube content from Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, to our archived watch parties, our D&D one-shot, funny skits, holiday videos. Check everything out. And of course, hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you'll see when the new episodes of Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring will be there as well as other additional YouTube content coming in the near future. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitch. 
Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January 29th for WWE Royal Rumble. That's right. We'll be live at 8 p.m. for the Royal Rumble. Uh, An hour before the show, we'll have a bootleg link on our Twitter page that you can go to so you can follow along with us. Also, we got our live D&D show that's going to be coming in 2022. We just got to work out the kinks, figure all the shit out, but we will be bringing the D&D show to you guys in 2022. Also, we have our gaming show, which will be done by Elvis Delinsky. He'll be doing some gaming on that page. You can interact with him while he's uh, playing his favorite video games and doing some streaming and stuff. And I'm going to be sending him the information and we'll be getting that gaming thing started very, very soon. Also, Support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at, all with prizes coming soon. The first level you can donate at is just 99 cents. That's right. So if you've got a lot of bills and you don't have a lot of money to spend, all you got to do, just send us 99 cents. That's all we ask. Don't break the bank. Don't sacrifice your bills. Just send us 99 cents per month. That 99 cents will be is all we need to help grow this show. Every little bit helps. If you got some extra spending cash, you can go to second level and donate for $4.99 per month. That's right. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. Also, our f- third and final level, you can donate for a mere $9.99. That's right. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually love support and do things for our fans. We love the fans, we take care of the fans, and we give the people what they want. You can purchase now with a credit card or with GPay. Cancel anytime. No refunds upon cancellation. And with the money that we raise through Anchor, all that money goes right back into the show. We use that money to upgrade our equipment, to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and it allows me to take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast the success that it is. So if you got a favorite co-host and you feel like they deserve to be paid for their hard work, well, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And if there's any money left over after we've taken care of all of that, we use the rest of it to feed Zach Ramen Noodles and help get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs> <laughs>